1: Thank you. It's time for Must Have Seen TV, the podcast dedicated to the sitcoms of the twentieth century. For my love, Lucid and News Radio, I'm your TV guy, Brett White, and I'm also a reporter producer for decider.com, and we are continuing our pandemic era of the podcast, which means that you're not gonna hear a theme song. You're also not gonna hear this episode's theme song, you're also not gonna hear any audio clips from the episode, because otherwise I would never get anything done, and I am prioritizing putting conversations in your ears in this nightmare uh, world that we're living in right now. So we're gonna talk about some old TV. And it's going to be a good time. You're going to love it, especially this week. I am joined by Kevin Hines. Hello, Brett. I am here. Hello. And Will Hines. <laughs> Greetings, Brett. I'm also here. Hey, you are. I think you are related to each other. Is that the truth? Wait, are we? I, I, Kevin, I can't who? remember. Kevin, where are you from?
0: I haven't done the Ancestry thing yet. Me um, either. I
2: keep meaning to do it.
0: There is resemblance, and people have pointed it out to us before that we both wear glasses, so we mm-hmm. might be related. Yeah, that's that true. That guy
2: pointed out to us when we were living in the same house when we were 12 and
1: 7.
0: Yeah, uh, our dad pointed that out to us. Oh, right. wait,
1: what? Same so dad? We, but, you know, it's a mystery. We haven't taken the well, time no, to solve it. We you. still haven't proven it, so. Well, this is a mystery that y'all are trying to unravel every, you know, every time y'all do your own podcast. Uh, screw it, we're just going to talk about comics.
0: Oh, thank you, Brett. Early plug. Yeah, early plug. Let's
1: get it out of the way.
0: We don't need to stay now. (laughs) Gotta go. Jesus,
1: no. (laughs) Sorry, sucker. (laughs) We came
0: in for the plug. We got it. Now my night is free. (laughs) We
2: got the Brett White bump.
0: Mission accomplished.
2: (laughs) See you later, sucker. Well, Uh, yeah, we
0: we do a podcast where we discuss something that you're very into as well, comic Mm -hmm. books. And we talk about comic books. (laughs) Uh, probably a little bit before your time because we're a little bit older yeah. Uh, and they are comics from the 80s and
2: or 60s yeah.
1: <laughs> Well, but so like right now you're doing uh, Justice League International, correct?
2: Oh, that's, that's God, Brett, right, you're right, totally up on it I, Thank mean, you. I follow, yes, I follow that's the
1: right. Instagrams, so you know I know what's going <laughs> on I see those uh, Kevin Maguire, Guy Gardner tech cord <laughs> art
2: Ooh, deep cuts. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, not deep cuts, but not knowledgeable references. Um, Yeah, we're doing Justice League International, an 80s comic book that was a big hit. We loved it as kids, and we still love it now.
1: It's really good. I didn't read that until I moved to New York, so like 2006, 2007, and I got like one of those trades. and I was like, Did you
2: like it at that time? It's great.
1: It's exactly like everything that I – I mean, Peter David X-Factor is like a gold standard for me, and I realized, oh, Peter David X-Factor is just him doing – an X-Men version of the JLI tone. Yeah. It's a little bit like a,
0: it's a little bit of a sitcom superhero Mm -hmm. show.
1: And then (laughs) that's also makes sense that when Peter David left X factor, they replaced him with JMD Matisse so oh,
0: like, now it makes thing,
1: yeah
0: I didn't know that I dropped I, st- I only got it while he was writing it and I left
1: the moment he did
2: yeah and is then that, I came back when he wrote is it that how you pronounce? is that how you pronounce just pronounce J.M.'s name
1: I don't I mean on, on, uh, on J.M. I've I'll explain said, the X-Men they say De Matisse and so I'm just like I'm rolling with that because who knows it's probably
2: true because I feel like every single comic book creator I read their name I say it and then I find out 10 years later I've been saying it around the whole time <laughs> Chris yeah, I, say, yeah, I, say Dan. I always say De <laughs> I used to say Kurt Busick.
0: Yeah. Is that not it? I'm pretty sure it? it's
2: Busaic. Oh. Maybe not. And then I, I think used it might to say be Dan Busick Close. I don't know what it is. And then it's Dan Klaus. Klaus. Mm-hmm. I used to say Jamie Hernandez, and I found it it's Jaime Hernandez. God, it's Frank Myler. Frank Myler. It's Alan Muar. <laughs> <laughs> <Yep>, that's
1: right. <laughs> Neil Stan Costello Lying. is actually Neil Gaiman. It's really John, weird. <laughs> John Bernie. <laughs> <laughs> uh. But yeah, so I wanted to have y'all on because I've been wanting to uh, talk about this episode. Um, well, I'll just start jumping into it. So this week, we are traveling to January 29th, 1993. Aladdin rolled the box office. I will always love you by Whitney Houston, topped the charts. And CBS aired the Bob episode, You Can't Win. Kevin and Will, you must have seen You Can't Win before I made you watch it. <laughs>
2: Never had heard of it.
1: <laughs> I, had, I had not seen
0: this episode, but I for sure have watched an episode of Bob before. I watched at least the first one or two because 93, I would have been a senior in high school and my uh, social circle allowed me time to watch sitcoms. So I probably checked it out because of Bob
1: Newhart and I probably didn't like it. <laughs> and stopped watching <laughs> yeah is teaser y'all... for my opinion on this episode Damn. Oh, hey yeah. accurate i you know i have a bob wall over here and i'm right on the board um wait what is y'all's history with bob newhart i feel like at some point on god this is just me sounding like a super fan on will's old podcast um don't get me started i feel like y'all touched upon newhart at some point
2: i think um, that might be right but uh um I'm a huge fan. Uh, I guess not as huge as you Brett, but like but I'm a legit lifelong fan of his it's comedy. Unfair, and it's an
1: unfair standard to be a Yeah, no fan one can live
2: up to Brett's fandom of Bob Newhart. <laughs> yeah. But you know,
1: I Will only has his... eight
2: pictures up on his wall. Yeah, uh, yeah.
1: He doesn't have any printed out emails that Bob has sent him on his wall. That's right. I'm not a friends with him. Um, oh my god.
2: But I'm a, am a huge fan of his comedy. I had his stand-up album when I was a kid, his original button down <laughs> mind mm-hmm. and um loved uh, the first show I got into was new heart, the Vermont Inn show that was out when I was, that was on, you know, when I was like watching TV, but I would sort of, I was enough of a comedy nerd to check out old episodes of the Bob Newhart show. And I always liked it. And I'm kind of a deadpan understated dude. So when I started performing, uh, at the UCB theater in New York, RIP, um,
1: (laughs) too soon uh, or I don't know. God, Jesus Christ. um,
2: I would get, told by like my friends and stuff it's like oh you kind of have a new heart vibe going and um i sort of tried to then once again pay new attention to bob newhart to see Mm -hmm. how i could steal from him (laughs) uh you know his kind of mannerism you know his vibe because he's he's so funny and uh so i'm a a, a pretty big fan although i had never seen episodes of this show because i think i'd heard right away that it wasn't so good so So you also would have been in college right i graduated college in 92 so i was one year out so i wasn't really watching a ton of tv should have watched it and
1: you weren't really big into like cyber force and Wildcats, so you weren't gonna tune in to see this episode
2: (laughs) uh this actually might have been a time in my life when i was least into comic books like i'd been into them a lot when i was in middle school and high school and then in college and thereafter i sort of was fading away i still i still kept my toe in the pool but it'd be like every six months i would sort of mosey into a comic book shop and pick some things up that looked familiar. But then Kevin got me back into them a couple of years later, like by 96, Kevin and I started corresponding over email about comics and Kevin was telling me about like, thunderbolts or whatever was out then and okay, i started yeah. getting into that stuff I was like,
1: yeah what were the hot titles in the late 90s that would get someone back into comics <laughs> well, thunderbolts would, was good
0: yeah it wouldn't necessarily be uh, uh it was just the stuff i liked, yeah, right yeah so not necessarily <laughs> hot titles right right, right. So i got uh, i never fell out of comics but i was l- losing faith in comic books until untold tales of
1: spider-man which was yep. a not
0: big seller
1: i mean that was one of those like it would cost like 99 cents and that was its like cents. main thing was like hey it's only a dollar <laughs>
0: yeah my my pull list had gotten really small when i saw uh i think it was issue three or four of untold tales on the rack and i was like this looks like a comic i'd like and i picked it up and bought it I was like oh it is it is a 1960s <laughs> style comic book so yeah. yes it is what i want it
1: takes place in between the issues of the original yeah. spider-man run by lee and Ditko, right is that, yes. that's the conceit yeah, it like
2: fits it fits holes in the continuity from that time yeah. it's a really fun idea and kurt Busaic, Buseik, whatever his <laughs> name is, was a great writer to do it. And they were really, they're really, it's a really good comic. It's also good to fill in the holes of that
0: era when they didn't care about leaving huge gaping holes. They just sort of like kept moving and like, yeah. yeah. Current comics, they're more careful about that stuff. Yeah. Uh, but back then, they're just sort of flying by the seat of their pants. They'd use the wrong names. They just didn't care. Oh, yeah. What, so Peter Part? Peter of stuff
1: what Palmer. palm peter palmer yeah yeah palmer. The, there's one, one issue
2: of spider-man where he's just called peter palmer the whole time <laughs> he's
1: addicted yeah. to love no um uh, so that is why i wanted y'all to have uh come on the show because this week on must have seen tv we're talking about the bob episode you can't win it is the 15th episode of season one and it was written by series creators sherry stein bill stein and fief sutton and directed by michael zinberg here's how the dvd describes the episode Bob and the Mad Dog staff are nominated for the annual comic book awards, but Bob, afraid he'll alienate everyone, doesn't thank anyone. Well, and Kevin, how accurate is that description?
2: <laughs> that is pretty accurate That's of it. the plot of the of It's the
1: pretty episode. accurate.
0: I don't like it as a synopsis, because it basically, not that it matters <clears throat> that much, but like, it basically... That's the end of the episode. Yeah,
1: gives it, all away. it would
0: be just more like they're nominated and they're worried they won't win would be more Yeah. Accurate. Yeah,
2: here's yeah, here's my pitch for the episode description. Bob and the mad dog staff uh are torn apart by pressures over uh an impending comic book award or something like that. So yeah,
1: that that great. That gets me right in. That introduces the conflict. It doesn't tell me the resolution. Also, you have to add Jack Kirby guest stars, so I feel like... kind of. <laughs> like, no, but... that is the weird thing, is so when I just, I did not discover that this show existed until very recently. I mean, like, I guess maybe like five years ago or something. And when I did, I was like, wait a, wait a second. There was a Bob Newhart sitcom during literally this episode aired the month I got into comic books. January 93 is the, is when yeah. I got X-Men adventures number five, my first Marvel, like comic book, uh, Crazy. Marvel superhero comic. And so it's like, while that I didn't know this existed, and then when I, of course, I bought the DVD and, you know, thank God to I don't know what DVD company put this out. Uh, Paramount CBS Television. Thank you so much, CBS DVD, for putting it out. Um, but it is a comic book show. It's a show about a comic artist that was run by people that don't know anything about comics.
2: Right. <laughs> yeah. It's it's very like old school TV sitcom version of comics, which is like not accurate at all. Oh, so many. So many the reality of comic books to be like an office yeah. comedy, like an office, you know. <laughs> Like the news radio of comic books, but it comic books don't run. They're not run like anything. they're not. They're, you know, this is not how it works. Books, they're not all in the same place. You don't need that many people on one comic whose full time job is that is comic, that one comic. Example?
1: There is a letterer. So like Bob's daughter character becomes the letterer basically because she's looking for a job. And They're like eh, anyone can letter. So she becomes the letterer of the comic book. And then her job, her nine to five, 40 hours a week job is just lettering a one comic book. And I'd be like, she would be done in i don't know two days like yeah. letters letters and colorists do so many books a month and on um, in this world they're all working on one 22 page comic a month it's truly really wild so
0: brett i have questions for you because um well a couple <laughs> questions one have you watched every episode of bob yes okay that's crazy um two <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so i read on the wikipedia page that This tell me if this is true of the show, because I'm not going to watch it. Um, But Bob (laughs) created this character in the 1950s. Uh huh. And then the Comics Code thought it was too violent. Uh huh. And so they got canceled and he went into greeting cards. Yes. And then someone bought this character and hired the original artist to draw it
1: again. They had to. They were like legally obligated to hire Bob McKay back. I wish creator rights were like that. Yeah. And then he doesn't like it because it's too violent. Yeah, I guess like violence by 1950 um, standards versus violence by 1990 standards, because it is very much a uh, image style comic, although you could not tell by any of the art shown from the comic in this episode. Uh,
0: it's crazy to me, the idea that uh, you'd be like, oh, we want to make, you know, whatever. uh, uh the uh, original Daredevil, the 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 Golden Age Daredevil <laughs> character, and we got to find the guy who drew that.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's,
0: like, it's like no, then we won't make it. It won't,
2: it won't do well. Yeah.
1: Uh, so what is great though is the cold open has literally, literally nothing to do with comic books at all, which kind of I guess shows how much they were interested in comic books as a source material. It's just Bob's wife and daughter on the cat talking about how suddenly affectionate their cat is. And then Bob comes out and he's oh, like, right. it's not our cat. And they're like, oh no, then what cat, this stranger cat nuzzled me. And they freak out. And that's the cold open.
0: <laughs> yeah, like if a cute cat nuzzled you, you'd be like grossed out. It's also a joke that doesn't make
2: sense no. to me. No. I, f- I totally forgot that was the cold open. Yeah. Um, it's not a B I plot. Fas- <laughs> I was fascinated by the whole episode, by how the show was, you know, bad, basically. Yeah. Bad. But that like, Bob Newhart's funny, and, like, he's funny in this episode, and, like, his delivery's good, and I was looking at the actors, you know, I'm out here in L.A., babies trying to get an acting career, and I'm like, are these <laughs> actors good? And I'm like, I think the actors are all right, yeah. actually. It's just sort of like, just kind of a dumb script and dumb world, I think.
0: Yeah. I think it doesn't use Bob well. He doesn't really have a lot to react to, and that's his whole thing, right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Like, Psychologist is the best gig for him as a actor because that is listening and listening funny makes sense. Him being an innkeeper is a bit of a stretch, but that show made the town truly bonkers and made it just a showcase of just wild characters, and that works. And then this show has a weird hesitancy towards making anyone interesting other than Bob, and therefore, like, Bob is not interesting. Like, the old woman who I think is... Oh God, what is her? I think she might be the colorist. I don't know. She has like one line in this episode. And she's like, I
0: didn't see her in any other scene. It looked like she got cut in.
1: Yeah. So like, she is a funny character because she's like this holdover from like, you know, the silver age and she's like an old, hardened, like, sassy, tough, broad. And it's a funny archetype, and they just never use her as evidenced in this episode. So I don't know what happened behind the scenes with her. Um, the, uh, the theme song is really very, uh, it's very superhero-y. I think Lee Holdridge scored it. He had the music credit, but the opening credits are just like the Bob, the Mad Dog comic and like the art drawing it. And, um, that art was by, I think, an artist named Paul Power, which is a very good name. I don't uh, know. Yeah. No, he was, I think he was a storyboard artist and, uh, he, He's actually one of the artists that is mentioned as a he's in, he's mentioned as a nominee at the uh, award ceremony later on. But I don't know, like, the, did, did the opening credits give you all a taste of what you were in for?
2: No. <laughs> yeah. No, it didn't. I like it's him, It's him drawing. Yeah. At a drawing board and there's shots of the art of the comic. So you really get nothing. Um, yeah. You have no idea what you're in for. Uh, I guess, she, I, I I guess it's episode. a lot of footage of Bob Newhart, so, yeah. like, yeah, that that's accurate.
0: <laughs> I watched the whole episode, and I don't still know, like, what their thought is of what makes this show funny. <laughs> <laughs> it
1: you really know? does feel like, well, so, you know, in season two, it becomes all about greeting cards. He goes back to greeting cards.
0: Yeah, yeah I read that on Wikipedia, too. And that is equally bonkers. <laughs> yeah, and they add as... Betty
1: White to the cast. Hey, why not? That's, smart. That's yeah. good. And it only lasted half a season. It was somehow even more bland. I can't believe it lasted
2: that long.
0: <laughs> I can't imagine the – I got to imagine the writers are just bad, and I hate saying that when I don't know them.
2: Well, what is – It could be the kind of thing where they pitched a kind of show, and it got like watered down by the network or something, and <laughs> so they're writing a show that really isn't their vision, and so – their hands are kind of tied behind their back. It could be something like that. Like so many compromises made that yeah. nobody's making the show they want, sort of.
1: So the show is created by the Stein and they were cheers. Like they were like cheers staff writers who worked the way up to executive producers. They, they fucking wrote Thanksgiving orphans, which is the best episode of cheers. My favorite episode hmm. of cheers, maybe one of the funniest, most um, powerful episodes of a sitcom of all time. They wrote that episode and then they did this. And, yeah. Truly, like, well, it does. Well, I mean, like,
0: Ugh. But how much of that was helped by good showrunners? Just yeah. having your name on uh, the writer's credit doesn't mean anything. Yep. I'm not, also I don't want to throw char- these people also... under the bridge, but who knows? Yeah. yeah.
2: Also, good characters and good actors, yep. you know, like, Cheers just was a better architected show from the get-go, so, like, they didn't give themselves good, or they, or the network, or whatever, the the show that they end up having to write for, Bob. <laughs> the characters aren't so well defined. Although the, the weird dude who's like the office assistant or whatever, the kind of like very deadpan energy yeah. guy with the glasses. He made me laugh a lot.
1: Yeah. he oh, No, I, a... I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> well, okay. I like, have rated on a scale of everyone else on the show. <laughs>
0: Come on. I liked his lines. I, I didn't think he w- sold them. And I know he had this like low energy thing, but like, there's a couple lines he had that I'm like, Oh, that should have worked. I yeah. wrote, I took notes on this and I wrote a few times like this joke should have worked.
1: He's, uh, Andrew Bilgore playing Albie Lutz is his name. I just found Albie looked, Lutz, that. Albie Lutz,
2: that's a comedy name if I've ever heard oh, of it. Oh,
1: definitely. Okay. Uh, so the, the episode proper opens with all of them in the Ace Comics office, the Mad Dog office where all the Mad Dog employees work. And then of course, <laughs> all the other comic books have their own offices down the hall and stuff in. <laughs> yeah, that's how that works. And I think they're all in Chicago. I think they're in the Midwest. They're not in New York.
2: They're in Chicago because when they got lost, he hit the lake. He's right. like, this is the lake. Now we know which way is east.
1: Yeah. So it's so, it's so, like, not Chicago, at Chicago, the
2: center of the comic book publishing <laughs> world.
1: Uh-huh. Uh, so they're all waiting for the Buster Awards to come in via fax. <laughs> um, the Buster Awards <laughs> are the Eisners of this uh, world. And then I am I was trying to think, of like, what in the world were they naming the Buster Awards off of? Buster Nothing. Keaton? Like, just Buster. Just like,
2: just like an old timey sounding name.
0: Yeah. It's also, I don't think comic creators get that excited about Eisner's. No, yeah. I mean, is like, true? so. That might know better than me, but I, it doesn't feel like they'd be sitting around waiting for the noms. No.
1: <laughs> well, the, the weird thing is, is like the internet has made all this, like now it'd just be like you're waiting for the tweet, you know? And I also yeah. I don't think you wait. You would just get added or like, oh, hey, I got nominated. Cool. I don't know. Um, I don't know what it was like in the early 90s. Like, did Neil Gaiman get faxes from the Eisner's saying that he was nominated? I went is the Eisner's the one that's at San Diego Con? Yes. <laughs> I went to it in ninety three. Oh. I went to I the
0: Eisner's did. and uh it was a pretty relaxed, low key, no one cares. No one's in Texas for no, sure. Yeah. It was it was definitely like a well, we're in San Diego anyway, so we'll go to this, but we wouldn't necessarily I don't it didn't feel like anyone cared. Yeah um so indie I mean, books cared a little bit i think because if an indie book won they could put it on the title and that made a difference but if like you're writing spider-man and you win the eisner who cares no yeah, yeah. So like, the thing that's selling it is spider-man
1: i will uh mm. it's not like i will get into i went to the eisner's because cbr was nominated my first year i went to san diego which i think was 2014 and we won so i have years. 21 years after me just for those yeah, doing yeah. <laughs> um i have been on stage uh accepting an award at the eisners before so i wow. i feel um So you I, won. Uh i mean i was yeah i mean i was on staff in the site one and then albert our managing editor gave the speech but like i got to go on stage mm-hmm. at the eisners which was fun um so i will get into how accurate the busters are to the eisners i guess um then but i also think it is weird like so the other thing that blows my mind is mad dog the comic book started like in episode one of this show, this is episode 15 and like in episode one, I think that they make the entire comic and it hits the newsstands in episode one or two, which is also like, that's not how comics work. It is months. It is a long process. And so like for, for them to, for them to expect to be nominated for an award when maybe two issues have come out is wild. And then also for it to be a superhero comic because superhero comics don't win these awards Unless they are done by indie creators and look like an indie book.
0: well, right. And also, you wouldn't get nominated and go to the awards on the same day? <laughs> week? I don't know how close... Oh, yeah,
1: it... like, what is the passage of time here? <laughs>
0: that doesn't yeah, the happen whole, with like, any award ceremony.
2: I feel like trying to make the Buster Awards something akin to, like, the Oscars yeah. or whatever, where everyone's, like, dressed up and stuff, or... And the whole, like, comic books have an office where everybody works... And it's like a nine to five job. It's just, it's so depressing. It's like, you didn't want to make a show about comics. So you don't, so don't do it. Like, just make, no. make Bob an insurance manager or whatever. That's like, great.
1: Bob is a parole officer. Here's my pitch
2: for
0: this episode. I'm going re, to rewriting this whole episode. They, they're already not, the episode starts, they've already got the nomination. The awards are tonight. They already know about this. It, the first scene is them going to the awards and Bob not thanking anybody.
1: Oh, that's good. And then okay. the
0: rest of the episode is more like a curb
1: thing where it's like everyone's mad at him. Yeah. 'Cause that is actually a fun game to play and that is that's kind of what, thing that's like the last two
0: minutes of the episode. you have a pitch, well? Yeah.
2: Make it worse than mine. Okay. <laughs> the awards the we open on the awards. They're already at the table.
0: Well you gotta have the cat gag. Okay, yes. we open on the cat gag. <laughs>
2: Indispensable cat gag. We open on the cat gag, but it's longer. <laughs> it's it's a cold open that does not end. It's a it's a cold open to be continued, and then after the opening credits, the cat gag finishes. We find out which one is the real cat, and Bob returns it, and the person says thank you. Then we cut to the awards, <laughs> and they're about they're at the busters, and you know, and through the through the chit chat at the table, we are told you know what what's going on, how these are the busters, and they're nominated. Then Bob realizes he has the powers of Mad Cow. He is able to generate cow? rage. Mad dog or Mad Cow? Oh, a new superhero called <laughs> okay, Mad Cow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, he is Mad Cow, and he's been projecting his feelings onto Mad Dog. And this episode is about finding out how Bob is a superhero. And at the end of it, he has a baby with his comic book character. Mm-hmm. I'm That's bored. That's my pitch.
1: That's very – um,
0: Two different pitches.
1: Yeah. It's very different. But they both start with the awards. <laughs> yes. Which I think is the overall note that they should have taken. <laughs> so their wedding, All they keep getting are butt faxes from the asshole writer artist of the new horseman of the apocalypse, uh, Brett Dillon, which, first of all, I don't like that only assholes have my name. But second of all, if I ever want to use sound clips of Bob saying my name, there's a lot in here. So, well, yeah, that's nice. I can, yeah, I can I can play with that. Um, so
0: that guy looked familiar to me. Yes. I looked up who he was. Uh, it's George Newbern, the voice of Superman on Justice League Unlimited. Oh, really? Oh, really? I mean, many, many years later, the adult version of him is the voice of Superman. Oh, How do you like cool. that comic book connection?
1: And he very also, because nice. I, I recognize his face. Um, oh, he was in Father of the Bride. This is after he was in Father of the Bride. He was like the uh, the guy that was marrying the daughter of the bride. He was the son-in-law yes. of the bride. <laughs> oh.
2: <laughs> Oh, and he was uh,
1: Julia Sugarbaker's son on Designing Women.
2: That's also He's he's having an all right career then. He's the voice of Superman. Not from the animated series because that was Tim Daly. Yes, Wings. Can we talk about poor Jack Kirby and how Jack Kirby gets the short shrift in this episode?
1: (laughs) God, all of them just get uh, get not a lot. They have
2: so many real comic book creators, which is kind of a cool (laughs) idea, but they're all on screen for like a second each except for – Bob Kane, who's on screen for like 15 seconds. Yes. And Sergio Aragones, um, Aragones who he actually has a part like you yeah. actually I would I would call that a celebrity cameo.
1: And also uh, Mark Silvestri gets a um, reaction shot, which I was like, oh, OK, that's cool. Like, It's so, so strange to see actual comic book creators in well, uh, a sitcom. Here's here's I thought the same thing as you will. Uh, uh, first of all, Bob
0: Kane. Didn't do. He doesn't deserve anything. No, right? he doesn't deserve at anything. At nope. He didn't
2: like create Batman like he's credited to. He doesn't deserve to be up there. No. But but um, that
0: all being set aside, in '93, Batman is a bigger deal than anything that Jack Kirby has created in the mainstream audience. Yeah, that's watching CBS. This is a CBS sitcom, I assume. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like I guess you would want the Batman guy having the biggest part versus the Captain America guy. It's just a shame that it's it's not Bill Finger if you're gonna do that. It is also yes. weird that
1: Jack Kirby is the Captain America guy. I mean, honestly, in '93 he should have been the X Men guy. Like, yeah, he that, co-created Hulk. the X Men. Yeah, or even Hulk, though like, Hulk's always been big. Yeah, Hulk or you but know,
2: you can say that he co-created the Hulk, X Men, and Captain America. Jack, it'd be true, and that, yeah. and pe- even like. Someone who's totally out of comics and be like, wow.
1: Yeah, that's a big deal. They got yeah. that guy.
0: Just list uh. them all. Make him sound better. <laughs>
2: yeah. Thor, the Fantastic Four,
0: Hulk.
1: It's like, you're gonna know some of these guys. Comangy. Yeah. What's that one called? Dark Side Command-y. from the Super Friends. New gods. Uh I did so there was one joke that I kind of liked. It's when um when Brett Dillon comes in, he's been faxing his ass to the other team, and they find out they've been like nominated or whatever, but he comes in. And uh, he has a piece of paper and then Harlan, the uh, asshole writer of everyone's a, kind of a jerk in this show. He's yeah. like, I don't like that. Brett Dillon he's always rubbing his high sales in our faces. And then it cuts to Brett Dillon literally rubbing high sales in the nerd's face. And I thought that that's was just
2: funny. I like that. Yeah, yeah like that, that, that was
1: very silly and stupid. And that's not my favorite. I have a favorite
2: joke. I think that beats that. Oh, what is it? Well, during the award ceremony, like Brett Dillon, the assholes winning all the awards and Bob's team is not winning any. But then Bob does win one, so he can do the thing they give away in the description where he doesn't thank anybody, <laughs> like Best New Writer or something.
1: Yeah. Or no, Best, best, best writer, Artist. Best artist. Or best artist. Yeah, Best Artist. And
2: um, I think it's, it's Bob Kane who's looking at it, and he goes, can this be right? And then goes, uh, Bob McKay of uh, Mad Dog... <laughs> comics and can this be right kind of made me laugh especially because he said it with no acting performance at all and it still made me laugh and the winner for best new artist can this be right bob mckay and then when they went a second award later they still say can this be right i'm like that's fine like yeah, that's the second
0: one was funny because also bob newhart responds by going that's a good sign
1: <laughs> He gets excited when they're stunned that he won that's pretty funny that's a good joke. so they find out that they've all of course been nominated this is also kind of a low-key a uh, trope of office place sitcoms because I can think of also a Mary Teller Moore show and a news radio episode where they all go to award shows and have all been nominated for things, which is okay, I don't yeah, yeah, yeah. But news radio's episode is so funny, of course, yeah, that's the so main difference. Funny, <laughs> all the Mary Teller Moore award show ones are great, and then uh, this this doesn't work as well. Um,
0: Cause I do... if you're gonna have a jerk, you need it to be like a Bill McNeil jerk, like a jerk that you love. To watch be a jerk,
1: yeah, so like yeah. so John Sagan plays Harlan Stone, the head of Ace con, so he's both he's like the publisher, the editor, and also the writer of Mad Dog. Doesn't make a lot of sense. He's like it's not a good character, Uh, uh like, yeah, <laughs> he's just kind of an asshole. He's really horny with his girlfriend, and they threaten to like make love in the elevator if it plummets to its death in front of both Bob and his wife, which is also like
0: weird. Here's another thought and I don't know about this director Brett what's this director's history maybe he's oh, just Zinberg? poorly
1: paced I think Michael Zimberg he did a lot but anything uh, good um go to that IMDb oh I think he might have actually gotten a start on the Bob Newhart show yes cuz there were
0: jokes that like felt like they should have I wrote down three or four jokes so I'm like this should have worked and I don't know if it's the actors or the pacing or things like that <laughs> so like let's
2: hear him let's hear him
1: okay great no, yeah, thank you Will right uh, director he directed 12 episodes of NCIS. That's his most recent credits. He's still directing NCIS. So this episode is as funny as an episode of NCIS. Um, Look, his... I haven't had
2: – I'm not a total expert on industry stuff, but my – you guys might have opinions on this. But I feel like the director of TV episodes doesn't have a ton of power. Like, t- you mostly are running a – running a... Yeah, yeah. Team let me get something done in a short period of time. Brett? You won't let me blame the writers. <laughs> you won't
0: let me blame the actors. I got to blame someone. <laughs> I'll let you blame the writers. You he, can did blame Taxi. The writers.
1: he did Taxi. Uh, he did Bob Newhart show, Taxi. Um, he also did uh, uh, nine episodes of Quantum Leap. He did 22 episodes of Bob. I think Bob is maybe his main gig. Like That's what he's uh, known for. He did six well, episodes would- of Gilmore Girls. <laughs> I would also say like first season
0: of a show directors have a lot more control, yeah. right? Cause it's, you're still setting the feel of the show.
1: Yeah. But this, this is episode 15. So like, you know, maybe yeah. they came in and it's like, you know what it is locked down? We are mediocre. And we're not getting any better. <laughs> maybe it was like a two day
0: work week where they're just like, we got to get it done on Tuesday. Cause Bob's got to get home.
1: It does yeah. feel is very, uh, feels very, feels very rushed. Um, we finally get to so they get into the elevator like they all show up to the like the day of awards a nebulous time later. They're all in tuxedos, which, as we both said, is not accurate to the Eisner's literally like at all. No one is wearing a tuxedo. Uh, I mean, it's it takes place during San Diego Comic Con. It's like at night during a comic convention. So it's mm-hmm. like people aren't going to go all out for that. I don't feel unless going all out means wearing cosplay. Um, they also refer to TV coverage.
0: <laughs> like if this is being covered by yeah, television, absolutely not even even today, television doesn't really cover
1: san diego comic con and it's as big as it's ever been no, they will cover the t v show panels, yeah at comic con and not the not s d c c not the uh boring question Eiseners. boring question aren't there
2: aren't there's some other comic book awards besides the Eisners that are sort of similarly like They're
1: there's another the, big one, the harveys, right that's it, that's yeah. it, yeah
2: harvey's yeah Which
1: i think that harvey's okay. are fan voted i think oh, okay. i say
0: here's what i'm gonna pitch the three of us create the busters let's break break the busters into real life and we choose who wins okay and we make it still- so big television has to cover it because we'll be like you did it in 93 you gotta cover the busters now <laughs>
1: <laughs> remember the busters you love
2: the busters you gotta wear a tuxedo you gotta be present to ex- do to win Remember 93 when Mad Dog had that upset win? We're going to have
1: that (laughs) (laughs) of excitement in 2021. After 40 years out of the game. The busters are back. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, everyone shows up with their tuxedos and they all get in the elevator. And it took me until Act 2 or 3 to realize that the elevator was not the elevator in the banquet hall. The elevator was the elevator in the office building? Like, they all met at the office building in tuxedos to then, like, leave together, which is... Strange. It was like, like,
2: yeah. It seems like
1: they left too late. Yeah. Even if they got right to their car, it
0: seems too late. And also, did Bob rewire the
1: the elevator? Yeah.
2: They got stuck in the elevator, and Bob broke into the panel and rewired it and repaired the elevator.
1: (laughs) Uh, See, now I'm kind of loving this episode. Like hearing (laughs) that detail. Like that's pretty funny. He did have the powers of Mad Cow. Not Mad Dog. Mad Cow. (laughs)
2: Mad Cow. Unknown character until I accidentally said it. And now
1: it's true. Well, and also during all those times when we find Bob's whole like philosophy is he doesn't want to thank anyone because um, when he was back in greeting cards, he won a doily, which. Right. Which I like the name of that award. Yeah. And I don't, is this a good joke where Harlan is like, oh, was it like a gold doily? And Bob was like, no, it's just a doily. But that's not a bad idea. Like, that's kind of funny. I I like like that kind okay. of that yeah, That was funny. okay. It's a little funny. I'm but just again, trying. it was like a joke that if the
0: other person said it and Bob reacted to it, it would be funnier. Yes. This, yeah, that makes
2: sense. Um, Kevin, what are the jokes you liked? Great. Thank you. Uh, oh, wait, oh, you have a uh, list.
0: Uh, the tickling joke?
2: Yes. Where the daughter told him to tickle. Oh, that was funny. That was
0: funny. And that should have been way funnier. That's a very funny thing. Him saying no and then him trying it. Those both should have been very funny moments. Yeah. Uh, they weren't very funny moments. Uh, I uh, when, when the guy tries to hit on the girl by saying, I get bad breath when I'm uh, whatever it was. When I'm nervous, yeah. Too. I also that, get
2: bad breath when I'm nervous.
0: Yeah. That didn't hit that well, and I think that's a funny line. That's a funny choice of uh, say compliment her is what he was told to do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I think that's very funny. I think the the bit where she mentions mom and dad, and the guy talks about his mom and dad, is a very yeah. funny joke. But it also, I didn't laugh.
2: I was like, oh, this should really hit. I was going to say, you told, I said that guy was great, and you've mentioned three of his lines as good jokes. And yeah, I'm like, man. yeah. I,
0: good jokes, but none of them made me laugh. I'm like, all these jokes should have made me
2: laugh. I fell out of my chair laughing. <laughs> wow.
1: Wow. <laughs>
2: exploded and with laughter. We're just um, talking to a
1: stump right now. <laughs> <I'm just laughs> yeah, I'm,
2: I've been been—I've been exploded.
1: <laughs> well, like, do we like... So this is also the very first show that has uh, where Bob has a kid, because Bob famously oh, yeah. in my opinion uh doesn't have children in his other two first two shows and this one he has and it's like he held out until he could have a daughter of adult age and he didn't have to play the bumbling stupid dad to like precocious children instead right. he has a daughter who i love this actress cynthia stevenson uh she's she kind seemed of familiar
0: to me too she seemed yeah. okay
1: Yeah, again, it's one of those things like she's a really great actress and they give her bad material because for some reason in this episode, she like goes on a date with Brett Dillon, who's an asshole and like doesn't see Superman doesn't voice Superman doesn't (laughs) see that he's a jerk. And then is kind of ditzy, which is also not her character game. It's very, very weird.
2: The whole show is just so dumb in every way. Like it's got that like just there's a just it's there's just a level of stupidity throughout that makes you tune out like even at the award show where she's at one table over and she keeps coming back to sit with them and then goes back to his table but they're like six feet apart like you could have a conversation from yeah you don't have to switch chairs you could be talking to your friends from the other table also so even like, as an
0: improviser this is an improviser feeling but ooh. like with the moment where he told tells her, uh, the brett the brett asshole uh sorry, my lad I, I swore a little bit on your podcast. I I, I only might. swear, so um when he says like, Oh, you're gonna go back and sit with the losers, which is like her dad. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I don't know, just like if you like this girl, don't call her dad a loser.
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's a better ways a little nuance. There's better ways for him to be a jerk. Yeah.
0: Yeah. These uh the karate moment with uh, Brett and the uh, writer was so dumb.
2: Yeah.
1: I do feel like this is a note that both of you have given me in improv scenes during, uh, <laughs> during individual, uh, I've like, of, um, that's right. why we're,
0: that's why we hear double. Brett. Yeah. Uh, it inter- was a scene you did during, um, macro scene that I wanted to get into.
1: <laughs> I have a
2: note for you from 2005. I've been holding on to it. Yeah. No,
1: but like, yeah, like that move of like, someone would say something and then I would reply with either like something just stupid. And you'd be like, hey, no, your character knows what that is, or your character, like, should react to that in a way, like, that doesn't make them an idiot. And a lot of these are just people that aren't responding to anything in any type of real way. Like, you can have Brett Dillon be a, a jerk, but then the daughter then has to respond like a person <laughs> instead of just blindly kind of, like, going along with it.
0: Even the... Uh heralded moment when bob doesn't thank anybody and it sits back down they're all surprised it's like it's all he's been talking about he said it like five times to you guys at this table (laughs) you can be mad but don't be surprised he did what he said he was like sit back down and be like i can't believe you really didn't thank anyone you like have the reaction of i can't believe you did the thing you said you were going to do
1: yeah yeah so and I was like, even that,
2: I was like, they got mad at him. I was like, you knew he was
1: going to do you must you had to know. <laughs> Believe him when he tells you who he is. Uh the you know, so, we,
2: we don't we we don't live in the era of like multicams like right? I mean, re- I know they still exist, but they used to be like
1: They were the only the game main, in town.
2: Yeah. And you know, Cheers, Taxi, Mary Tyler Moore, there were multicams that were like smart and funny, friends.
1: News radio, and, Seinfeld, um, I mean, God. And and
2: it's possible, even, even though the the presentation of a multicam feels kind of fake, you know, it doesn't feel as realistic as a single camera show can do. Good ones still surprise you and have good jokes. And then when you see one like this, it's like, oh, man, I you re- you really feel the multicamness <laughs> when the script is stupid. Yeah. I always think
0: about this moment from Seinfeld uh, where George it, it doesn't want to get married and he wants to push off the wedding date and he tells... Kramer and Jerry and maybe even Elaine that he's going to go put his foot down and tell his fiance that he's to put it off. They're putting it off six more months like, yeah, you do it. You're the man. He goes and he cries instead. And she pushes it off because he cries. And he goes back to his friends and like, so did you put your – he's like, we, we pushed it back. They're like, you put your foot down. He goes, oh, no. I cried. And the <laughs> fact that he admits it immediately yeah. is so funny and so much more real to me than a guy like sort of trying to pretend he's tough. He's just like, no, I I found a different way.
2: to yeah. do. And maybe sort of surprising too. Like you're yeah. kind of expecting him to lie and the yeah. and the show knows it doesn't have to go that way.
0: Yeah. It was like so smart and funny and interesting. Like those moments – Uh, on all shows when like a character says something that just feels like oh yeah that's a hundred percent what that person would think in this moment it's great
1: yeah there's no surprise like when bob wins his first award and goes up there he should have actually started thanking people and then he sits down and then they all get mad at him because like he should have done the very thing he said he wasn't going to do and he's like but you guys told me to like at least do that like do something and that
2: does feel better
1: (laughs) yeah (laughs) see Um... this was bad this is why i didn't want to do it yeah Either I, way, you could do.
0: Here's the other way: like, uh, start start with him winning the award, or you know, the little bit of banter. He wins the award, he goes up, he doesn't thank anyone. Everyone's mad at him, and he yeah. explains why he did it. Then he wins another award and goes up and thanks everyone, and then they're still mad at him because of how he thanked them. Yeah, where's the where's the cat joke in this? Uh, that. The the thing I'm describing is the last two minutes of the episode. The rest is cat joke. (laughs) Because in my mind, first there's two cats, more cats. That's right. (laughs) Which cat is our cat? There's like a hundred cats in the apartment. They can't figure out which cat is their
1: cat. Because all of the Mad Dog crew all lives in the house with them, like all comic book teams do. They're always roommates. Yeah, they all have different cats. How how much did y'all like seeing that giant Cyber Force poster in the back (sighs) of almost every shot (laughs) at the busters? (laughs) It's It's real dumb. Yeah. I, I do wonder like what was the behind the scenes things going on that like got such heavy placement for just image comics like Wildcats get shouted out by name. There's a Cyber Force uh, giant like poster thing. Mark Silvestri wins an award. Um I mean, it might help that Image is not a big corporation. Like, you're not mentioning <laughs> yeah, current Marvel
0: it. or DC right. books.
1: Although, so when they say the the nominees for the best comic of the year were the New Horsemen of Apocalypse. Uh, X-Men Mad, was one of them. Mad Dog, Cyber Force, and then X-Men. And they said it like it was so it was barely audible. Like, it was kind of like a laugh or something yeah. was not going over it. And it was like, hmm, did they sneak that in? Yeah. Um, I don't know. What did y'all think of seeing all those uh, comic book people on television? It's weird got, seeing how short Jim Lee is compared to Mark. Jim is very
0: short. Yeah. God,
1: I was I was genuinely
0: even though I knew why we were watching this episode when Jack Kirby showed up, I did smile. I was like, "Oh, oh happy Jack's there." <laughs> Me too.
2: I wish he had more
1: lines. I love more, him. More, more lines. Yeah, he did introduce he has like, a. An he has award. off-camera
2: lines. Yeah. Like his voice is going on underneath the conversation.
1: This is the whole thing of being a comic book comic book fan because when I see Jack Kirby, it's almost like they shouldn't have gotten him. How did they do? It? Like it feels very huge. Well, like it's
0: it's also great that they didn't do Stan Lee, who for sure they could have gotten.
1: Oh god, yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. I wonder if they like approached Stan Lee. He's like, cool. So I have eighteen lines. I am in the main play. He's got a lot. Yeah. I think Stan wants to would do. just do
0: whatever they told him to do. <laughs> uh, I don't know. There's something great about it being Jack instead of Stan. I also love uh, Sergio. Me uh, too. I, yeah, I, I like him.
2: I love Sergio.
0: And he's and Ebener, a funny guy. When I was at the Eisners uh, in 93, uh, Sergio talked to everyone at my table. He talked to everybody. He was the friendliest, <laughs> nicest guy in the world. And uh, it made me like Gru, the comic, even more.
2: Oh. Mark Ebener, the writer of Gru and an assistant to Jack Kirby, wrote for Bob. Oh, yeah. And um, he was probably the connection to Jack and Sergio.
1: Yeah. Um, and The creator so of Groove. There was also a... Uh, there was also a... Marvel published a Mad Dog six-issue limited series.
0: Wow, and they didn't get any real play. That's yeah. crazy.
1: And it was... Uh, oh, I can't... It might have been written by Mark Gavineer. I can't... I know it was a... Uh, it was a flip book, and one, half of it was the 19... Like, the Golden Age Mad Dog, and the other half was the current Mad Dog. And it was... Oof. It was Ty Templeton and Evan Dorkin were the artists. And I think... Good artists. But I think that Evan Dorkin was doing the modern... It was not the way you think it should go. I think Evan Dorkin might have been doing the modern one and Ty Templeton was doing the 60s one or something. I don't know. I I can't remember. They
0: both both feel weird for a modern
1: era comic. But it's drawn by the same guy. So I guess... His uh, art has changed a lot. Different anchors. Inkers can bring out a lot of different stuff. <laughs> <laughs> different I love stuff. Evan
0: Dorkin and Ty Templeton's art, so I'm on board. I'm going to yeah, buy I'm this I'm pretty comic. sure it was, yeah, <laughs> and I
1: have all six of them. Of course, I bought them all, and I have not read them yet. I'm um, putting that on my pull list for yeah. when issue seven comes out. <laughs> <laughs> What's also weird is that they started publishing that comic after, I think, at the end of season one so that was coming out while the show was about greeting cards and then got canceled so <laughs> <laughs> very weird timing on that part um yeah and then so like the episode ends with he wins another award um he goes up and starts thanking people and, and then is cut off by the theme song of his own tv show <laughs> i didn't recognize that that's very funny yeah, like that is the theme of bob and so <laughs> i don't You're like I, a meta joke there yeah and then the end of the then the like uh pants did like uh dissolves to him, thanking everyone. he thinks like the jan- like the janitor's cleaning up he's still on stage and et cetera like ends with a ends with a bang uh
0: yeah <laughs> I don't know about that <laughs> here's another thing uh, and I'm sorry to jump around so much, Brett, rather than following the plot of this episode, but oh, when I was it. watching this, I was like, could you make a good sitcom about people working at a com or making a comic book I've and so I came up tried. with what I think I would Oof. do, okay. And I think I would. I have
2: a a pitch once you're done.
0: I would very loosely base it on uh, Peter Laird and Kevin Eastman. Oh, that's good. Who sort of make this sort of Lark comic that sort of becomes a big hit. Now, they uh, have a big falling out and don't work well together, so you wouldn't want that.
1: Because they met Uh, at, like, a grocery store when they were, like, in their late teens and created the turtles together because they were living together. Like, that's all a cool setup. I think,
0: yeah, all that stuff... to me, what's interesting about those two, it's like they were friends who kind of made a comic together. Yeah. Theoretically, they could be doing it. They're both writing it. They're both drawing it. They're both probably lettering it. Theoretically, it's yeah. not crazy to have them doing everything. And then it like takes off or it doesn't take off for the purposes of the show. But sort of like this idea um, of like that being instead of being about a comic book studio, like these two guys in their hit comic book. And then as the show goes on, you can yeah have them become successful and deal with that or not. Uh it could be like Seinfeld where they don't actually have the success of what Jerry Seinfeld has. But I think there's something there that's more easily mined than like the bullpen feel that this show is going
2: for.
1: Yeah. Well, what's your Real, what's your pitch? What's your pitch. Yeah. Everyone's got superpowers.
2: <laughs> <laughs> All right, so it's the tick. Yeah. yeah.
0: Or is, that um
1: well, God, What was that DC Comics uh superpower uh, show that was on? I didn't on? watch it. For like a hot second. Yeah, um, I don't remember what it was called. I never saw. It. Did you see an episode of it? Yeah, I watched most of it. They did. They do. They did like an Adam West tribute, I think. Or his episode huh. aired right after he died, I think. That's or, the one where like
0: they, they worked at a place where superheroes
1: existed. It was right? an insurance it's company. Damage control. It was basically it like damage control, like sort damage of, but, was but was in DC. the DC universe. Um. Oh, okay. I so like after I watched Bob, I this was so I I quit working at CBR. Um, and in like the month between ending CBR and starting a decider, I wrote a pilot for a sitcom set at a comic book uh, news website that I was using to um, grind a lot of my uh, axes or whatever. Uh, just to get all my CBR radio out. because like that is actually like it was basically like news radio. But instead of like there, it's about comic books and like nerd culture and stuff, uh, because, yeah. you know, we all could work feasibly at a. Office in New York. Um, and in the yeah. very first episode, uh, they bring in, I have a Stanley analog who comes in and they all want to grill him about social justice issues, which is what people always do to Stan Lee. And I'm like, he's 90. Stop asking him about feminism. <laughs> like yeah he's, he's, So that was like the crux of the episode, and that character was Bob McKay. Because <laughs> I was writing this script and I was like, you know what? Bob McKay. So I have now written, <laughs> and I've written a script that takes place in the BabaVerse. Wow, I like that. <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe it's a pretty good
2: do... pitch. Like something that's CBR or Wizard or whatever. That that does feel like a more feasible sitcom setting because it, it is would a easily works. I mean, especially a in a, place, a Big yeah. Bang
0: Theory world where like nerd jokes play on that show. Yeah, they make lots of jokes about nerd things, not making fun of them, but like. Well, you you won't be able to get as realistic and nuanced as Big Bang Theory. No, oh,
1: definitely not. Definitely not. So <laughs> Here's don't, the thing:
0: I've watched some Big Bang Theory. I've watched uh, uh I watched a good burst of it uh, around season two and three, and then I, uh, I stopped. They sell their jokes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. way better okay. than this show. Way oh, better no, than this yes. show. Yeah, Big definitely. Bang Theory, which has yeah. held up as sort of this like, how is this show popular? Like they're all good at delivering jokes, and yeah. this show yeah. wasn't. And it had Bob Newhart. Yeah, yeah. That it Should have been. Bob Newhart, before he got, like, really old, it should have been easy.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I mean, this is honestly, like, what, uh, two years after Newhart ended, so, like, he's still, in theory, very, like, uh, a hot commodity. He's very hot. (laughs) Should have worked. No, should have, and it didn't. Um, Can I have another thought about big the bank Theory? oh i've watched all the, oh, the only big bang theory episodes i've watched are the bob newhart episodes sure, of big yeah, bang, yeah. Yeah. that makes uh, sense i did a thing for a <laughs> decider where i i got a stopwatch out and i timed how much bob newhart is in every one of those episodes <laughs> <laughs> um and that was that's how i rated them was how much bob is in them what's bob, it
2: like to email what's it like to email with bob
1: uh very strange uh yeah Cause I email, I only ever email his secretary or his, um, like assistant, Mm -hmm. uh, I email her and then he writes back. That's happened twice now. Like, and, and it's so, it's so, I don't know. It's so, uh, surreal because it says like at the bottom, like sent from my iPad, (laughs) 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 and his email address i mean i'm not going to say it obviously but like it is just a very unassuming like yeah that's yeah yeah, that's his email address and it just comes
2: just just me bob at (laughs) gmail.com
1: hi bob hi emmy winning bob um
2: Hmm. and bob the emmy winner at (laughs) gmail.com well
0: since that means bob is probably listening to this episode bob i'm sorry i didn't like bob your your
2: We love Bob. you though, Bob.
0: We love God, you. Yeah, I love New and Heart. the really actors, are, Bob good. New the actors are good. I'm not sure show. the actors are good, but I think you are very good. I'm not uh holding anything in the show against you,
1: Bob. <laughs> yeah, I mean he uh he he emails you out of the blue. If you write an article about him that is nice, he will email you and thank you, which That's nice is very surreal. Um He's still so Funny. I, I love that. Still I it, love still that the
2: Cubs got to win, and he got to see it.
1: Yeah. Oh, that. Oh, that. That Facebook photo was so cute. i um, great. Is that why
0: he's? It's based in Chicago. You think just because he he's like a Chicago, Chicago guy? Yeah. yeah he's yeah. a good Chicago guy.
1: Yeah. Uh, are you ready for some must-have facts about this episode? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready. So this episode was watched. I'm watch- ready. I'm oh ready my right god. Now. This-
2: Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom.
1: Episode Let's was go. watched by 8.7 million people. It's too many, <laughs> but it was ranked 61st for the week. Uh, that, different time, yeah. The, it Still was Jeez. <laughs> um, yeah, 61st for the Wonder week. How the much t-
2: the number one TV show got last week? I'm gonna try to find out.
1: Oh, well, I mean, this is also a weird time, so who knows? Uh, so the top shows of that week. Um, Number 10 was Full House. Nine mm-hmm. was 2020. Eight was Homicide, Life on the Streets. Seven was what 48. Homicide? Yeah. Seven was 48 hours. Six was Home Improvement. Five was Roseanne. Four was the American Music Awards. And the top three spots were all the Super Bowl. It's tough competition
0: it's a tough week coming 61 a week when the super bowl and the american music awards are up that's that's not too
1: bad it makes me wonder why this wasn't the post super bowl episode (laughs) They should have put this on for some
0: reasons
1: (laughs) i don't know stunt casting so many big celebrities yeah yeah stunt casting (laughs) for the three of us yeah bob kane and jack kirby ooh uh, two of whom have said they weren't watching uh
0: didn't want one Bob <laughs> Newhart fan wasn't watching the other person wasn't watching much TV <laughs> I watched the first few episodes and it gave up yeah stop casting for me
1: what there's
2: a typical um monday's ratings the voice wanted a 1.4 rating uh 9 million viewers
1: okay yeah bob so been what been... what did bob get 8.7 yeah, I mean, so, and
2: it was like 61st or whatever. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. Would have been a big hit. It was ahead of its time. It's horrible ratings predicted where we were going. <laughs> Here's the thing, Will.
2: If I
0: take you in 1993, yeah. uh, but but transport your current talent into that body. Great. Uh, and and recast that, that assistant that you thought was so funny. Don't rewrite any of the jokes. Put you in that part. I bet all those jokes work better. Thank you. I bet he doesn't. You wouldn't play it quite as flatly you'd give it a little twist and that'd be all it needs
2: just Would you a little be my bit. agent
0: i mean i can only do it if you transport yourself back
1: in time uh, Done. 93 body
0: Done. and we auditioned for shows in 1993. I could I'll get you it. stuff.
1: I could get you stuff. <laughs> this is a weird like quantum leap uh, spinoff. I'd have to be in my age because no one's going to listen to the 18 year old me. <laughs> no, you're a whiz kid. Whiz kid
2: agent. He's <laughs> <Here's laughs> like, my uh, agent. He's 18 and he's my brother. Kevin, get having, in here.
0: <laughs> if you like Gru, you're going to love Will <laughs> If you like gonna... Gru.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he's got a comic book nobody has heard of.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you like
1: <laughs> He's as funny as Sergio Aragonés, <laughs>
2: <laughs> who's very funny. That would be a great compliment. Yeah, uh,
1: I, just, I just don't
2: think it would do well in a lot of pitch meetings.
1: So oh, CBS. I so this show aired on Friday nights, which also like ouch. Yeah. Uh, the CBS Friday night lineup. Yeah, the
2: X Files didn't have any problem, pal.
1: Okay, or, yeah, that's or true. Full House. Yeah, well, yeah, it was going up against TGIF um, Number ten, Full House
0: it seemed to do okay on Fridays, Brett.
1: Uh, the Friday night lineup at this time was Golden Palace led the night, which is the Golden Girls uh, continuation without B. Ooh. Arthur that lasted one okay. season with. Um, okay. But I think was Don Cheadle also on it. It was. Yeah, I think it was like um. so Golden Palace kicked it off, then Major Dad, then a <laughs> Designing Women rerun, then Bob, <laughs> then a rerun of Picket Fences is what aired on this night. Yeah. <laughs>
0: it's rough. That's a rough, I mean, that's a rough, that's rough.
1: If you told oh me that God, lineup oh was, yeah, like, if you told me that lineup was, like, the Tuesday night lineup, I'd be like, oh, solid, great, Designing Women, Major Dag, Golden Palace, Bob, like, that's pretty good. But Friday night, it's like, no one's tuning into that, not especially if it's going up against Urkel. <laughs>
2: Urkel's gonna, Urkel's gonna clean their clock. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Friday night Ur- is kids and, night.
2: And Urkel hates
0: Bob Newhart. He oh, took July. it as, yeah. a, as a goal to defeat this show. I've
2: heard that in many
0: <laughs> interviews. <Yeah.
1: laughs> Finally. Uh, so did y'all also, so also on the show, so Zuri Sergio Grunas, Bob Kane, Jack Kirby, Jim Lee, Mark Sylvester, but also Mel Kiefer, who was a 1950s news strip cartoonist who did Dragnet, a bunch of War on Western comics, and also Mel Lazarus, who did Mama, was also uh, on uh, it. They, I saw Mama's image, and yeah.
0: I thought it was just a non sequitur at the moment. No, yeah, <laughs> that makes yeah. more sense.
1: They had, like, uh, a piece of the art that the person drew on the thing next to them while they were standing, which yes. is actually very – that's very kind.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's very cool. Didn't have I to mean, do I mean, I think somebody loved these guys. Like, somebody in the show loved these guys. Yeah. And was try- and trying to do the right thing. It just uh, – it's too bad we didn't get to see more. Of it. I would rather have only Jack be the guest, and he gets – he's hes the host of the show. Or, or, or any one of them, really.
1: Just, like, an hour of Jack Kirby telling Bob Newhart stories about working – in the 60s, like, that would be amazing. Oh, gosh. I think Jack Kirby could deliver a joke.
0: Yeah. I, I might be wrong, could. but I think Jack I Kirby you... could deliver a joke sort of like, like some sort of, like, insult towards Bob. Oh, definitely. You only <laughs> do <doing> it one comic?
2: Like, <laughs> if they, they listed all the comics Steve, he did while he's walking it go would be funnier. Uh, <laughs> uh,
0: they list all the comics that Kirby created, and he walks by Bob, and he's like, or something, Bob's like, oh, I'm a creator of uh, whatever it was, uh, Atomic Imagine. Dog bad dog <laughs> yeah. mad dog
1: and checker was just like that's it you know or something like that i think he yeah, could, yeah yeah, yeah. He, could, he could land that joke that would require the writers of this episode to know what's going on <laughs> right uh, yeah. oh shade so uh the winners of the 1993 eisners i looked that up um the the writer <laughs> so this just shows you like what's actually going on in comics and winning awards at that time as opposed to like bad superhero comics uh neil gaiman won writer for sandman nice. um Sandman won Best Ongoing Series, obviously, and mm-hmm. the Artist Awards, a bunch of them, like Frank Miller, Mike Barron, Steve Rude, Kevin Nolan, and Dave Dorman all won various art <laughs> awards. Jesus. It's a murderous row yeah. of talent. <laughs> so, yeah. nice. I, don't, I don't know Who if, uh, you nominated against. Steve Rude. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Bob McKay beat all of them. <laughs> They're not. <laughs> Buster snubbed. Steve Rude. I did well in the Eisner's, but we can't win any busters. (laughs) Nexus always shut out. Um, uh, So on IMDb, um, six very dedicated users rated this episode (laughs) as 6.3. Usually that number is at least in the double or triple digits, and this time it is six. They rated this Mm. episode as 6.3 out of 10. Is that high? Would you go higher or lower? Does that seem right?
2: That's too high. (laughs) Too high. I, I guess if four. you watched
0: it, you're going to rate it pretty high because you, then you purposely watched it. You don't want to admit I'm, that you suffered through something. Two and a half. Oh, my God.
2: I'll give it I four because it, it's got Bob Newhart. It's got
1: Bob Newhart. I'm giving it four. You get to see some Newhart. Yeah. Uh, I'm only into the Kirby sighting. I'm trying to... <laughs> so as, as the only person on Earth that's watched all of this show in the last five years, <laughs> I'm trying to think of, like... <laughs> that you know, might be true. Yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> compared to... The other episodes of the series, I do think this is one of the weaker ones. Well, that's good to know. Um, like Lisa Kudrow has a recurring role as I think she's Tom Poston's daughter because they start bringing in all these like new heart heavy hitters, like Bill Daly's in an episode. Oh, uh, fun fact. The end, uh, the last episode of Bob, he goes and visits the orthodontist and it is Jerry played by Peter Bonners from the Bob Newhart show. Oh, so it's this fun recurring thing where like all of Bob's last episodes have someone from the Bob Newhart show on them. I don't know if George and Leo did that, but George and Leo gone that's too fun. soon. Um, who had the must see performance in this episode? The cat. Yeah,
2: tough. cat was pretty good. Uh, I'm going to say Sergio Aragonis. <laughs> oh uh-huh. he went can this be right i'm giving that to him <laughs> hmm.
0: i am going to give it to the first cat not the second <laughs> cat the second cat didn't have it for
1: me no, the second first cat, cat wasn't really doing much first cat was moving first cat was nudging yeah. like second cat was just in bob's arms uh, i'm going to give it to bob newhart <laughs> Dark horse candidate yep Dark Horse won a lot of Eisner's in 1993. Um, <laughs> and lastly, must other people see this episode of television?
0: I don't no. think so. I don't think they should. I mean, I don't think they can. Uh,
1: you have to buy the DVD. They have to stop by Brett's place. Yeah. <laughs> is it even for sale now? Uh, I mean, you know, is anything really for sale now in these days? Any... But it is it is not out of print. Okay. Like, the ver- the, this this came out in 2012. Wow. <laughs> I don't know why.
0: All right. Well, I don't think people need to see it. (laughs) I think – and go watch either of his other two – the first two shows. Sure, yeah.
1: You can probably find, like, the cameos on YouTube maybe, like, just a clip. I mean, like, if you're a super Jack Kirby fan, it's cool to see that. But, like – I He's on
2: on camera for – Not even 20 seconds. You really
0: like Jack Kirby. Watch Justice League uh, Superman Adventures where they have an animated Jack Kirby. Not voiced by him. Oh, That's a better
2: representative of Jack Kirby.
0: What's that guy's name? It's a cop, right? He's Turpin. Terrible Turpin. Mm. A Jack Kirby character.
1: Yep. (laughs) Yeah. So I think, like, if you're a completist, seek it out. But, um, also just Googling Jim Lee Bob episode, you're going to see a still. And that's about all you're going to see in the episode. <laughs> yeah. So, like, it's not much. Uh, also there's, there's groupies
0: at an award show. Which is crazy enough at at, um, at a comic book award show. There's, I guess, groupies. Girls leave our cast for other winners. Oh right, yeah. yeah. And because... also, it's just weird that like, I if I had a date to an award show that she would leave for the person who won. It's like, what? I, really? Yeah,
1: yeah. that person yeah, also wait probably the party the after to try
0: to make your move. Like, yeah, I, you know you don't need to like me <laughs> like <laughs> dumping me for
1: jim lee doesn't even make any sense <laughs> i mean i mean jim lee is the hottest artist at the time yeah but you know then
0: go out with jim lee go I mean, just, yeah. like the idea of like <laughs> I, I can't imagine someone going to the oscars with somebody and then leaving that person for not winning the oscar like, yeah. the movie like hey
1: they won best cinematographer i'm going out with that person <laughs> yeah <it's not laughs> documentary all. short so much of this
0: just rang so false to me
1: yeah, it's not true to comics. It's not true to award shows. Uh, I could accept the bullpen
0: and the building where every comic book is made in one building more than anything at the award show. <laughs>
1: uh, well, thank y'all for enduring. Uh, fun. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, yeah, if you love Bob Newhart, go, you know, find it. Go, go have fun. But um, uh, George and Leo is a better show. Go back in time and listen to my episode uh, with uh, Patrick Kotner about George and Leo. That was a fun episode. Uh, Me and Kevin talked about the Bob Newhart show, Caged Fury. Um, I also talked about the Thanksgiving episode of the Bob Newhart show. And, oh, the gay episode of Bob Newhart I talked about with Glenn Weldon. That's also another good one. Um, And And then next time you're doing a really bad episode of Bob Newhart, Brett, give me a call. I'll be back. (laughs) Well, no, I'm going to do every single episode of this. It's going to be a (laughs) (laughs) 22-part sub-pod. Where can people find you all on the Internet and hear your voices in other places? Uh, well, screw
0: it. Com- uh, screw it. We're just going to talk about comics, this is the podcast Will and I do together. Uh, and then I'm on Twitter at Kev Hines. Uh, and Will has other things.
2: I, uh, I'm on Twitter at Will Hines, W I L L H I N E S. It's all just lies, lies, lies on my Twitter account. And I'm starting a new podcast uh, in addition to the one I do with Kevin. I'm starting a new one called I Will Write Your Book. Oh, yeah. Where I play a ghostwriter. It's an improvised one, and comedians play people who want to get books written, and we improvise
1: a conversation. Oh, so you're all, uh, you're keeping active in this time of. um, I got nothing else to do, you know? I'm (laughs) I'm
2: churning out, churning out content.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Well, thank you guys so much for coming through and talking about Bob. And since I don't edit the podcast, everyone is hearing me scrambling to get my ending script thanks for up having us. boom thanks for having yeah us, there we yes, go <laughs> thanks for having us Brett. <laughs> okay um yeah so and that does it for this episode of must have seen tv thanks again to my guests kevin hines and will hines for dropping by talking about bob with me or enduring bob next time i will be discussing ooh, the mash episode hot lips and empty arms that is in season two it is episode 14 and you can stream that on hulu and will and kevin i am sorry that you did not get to talk about a good episode of MASH. <laughs> yeah, we got mobbed. Someone else got Mash. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> Until then, I want to hear from all of you. Please follow the podcast at Must Have Scene TV on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, and email must have seen TV at gmail.com. Um, if you like what you've heard, read and review the show in Apple Podcasts. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Brett White. Read the words out right at decider.com. Thanks to ACAS for hosting the podcast. Thanks to everyone for listening. And I'll see you probably in a couple days on Must Have seen TV.